Hey guys, welcome back to Captive Thoughts. This is Caleb. This is EJ. And so, as you probably noticed, on the 22nd, we missed posting an episode. Well, actually, I don't know if anyone noticed. I don't think anybody <sighs> noticed, because nobody said anything. And that's the trajectory of the podcast. Yeah, every week we post an episode. We didn't this past week, because we forgot, and then no one commented. And you guys forgot, too. Yeah, so, so that should tell you how well. This is last week's episode. We're talking about culturally reforming the church. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys enjoy it. Give us a like, a comment on Facebook, and let us know your thoughts. Chicka chicka cha, chicka chicka cha. Uh, oh. Welcome to Captive Thoughts. This is EJ. This is Caleb. And this is officially episode eight. I can't believe we're on episode eight. This is fun. We're two months in. Two months in. Two months. Do you ever think we'd make it this far? I don't think we're gonna make it further than this. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good run. It was good. Well, all right. So today, uh, yeah, in our last podcast, this is why this is the last one. We're introducing EJ as the new Pope. Oh, yes. Pope EJ. Pope EJ is in the building. You're welcome. Uh, I apologize in advance. There's like this long running question in the church, and it's who gets to decide? (laughs) Who gets to decide? And we've decided it's EJ. I get to decide. Who gets to decide? I speak. So. For, yeah, everyone. (laughs) Yikes. No, guys, we're. But in definitely our, serious. No, d- definitely not serious. But in our last episode, we talked about maybe in this episode doing a little bit of church history, kind yeah. of talking about church history, and I think that could be uh, a good segue into good conversations. Yeah, we talk a little bit about church. So why don't you kick us off? Uh, EJ and I both love church history mm-hmm. and believe that if you're not learning from the past, then your present is faulty. Yeah. In a sense. And so what are some of the things that happened in church history or that you learned in a church history class that have impacted you the most? Yeah, well, I took a class at CCU um, with Dr. DeVore, who I love. She's amazing. And it was, yeah, on church history. And, and she talked about how to reform the church, we must be within it. Like mm. reformation and change comes from within. And she just noted how throughout history, specifically the history of the church, how major like movements of reform happened by people within the church. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to constantly be like improving or reforming the church or, or striving after Christ um, from within. And it's a lot easier to be an outsider and just point your finger at the church and like complain and say like oh this this thing sucks about christianity but it's different when you're within the church and you are a believer and you do classify classify yourself as christian and you want to see things change um and that really stood out to me from that class how important it is sorry i'm making a face did you get a new tattoo what no okay there's something under your shirt the thing and i thought you got a new tattoo what thing (laughs) I would I would never get a tattoo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in those. Sorry. <laughs> I was so distracted, but no, you, you, didn't. you were looking at my chest for a while, and I was like, "Hello, what's going on here?" Never mind, you didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> always reforming. Anyway, <laughs> he was definitely like checking out my body for a second. Now I'm insecure. <laughs> I was like trying to explain this like serious thing about reforming the church and he's like giving me the eye. He's just like <laughs> staring me down and I'm like, uh-oh, did I say something? Oh my gosh, okay. Well, anyways. Yeah, um, <laughs> good luck talking now. <laughs> I can't talk now. 
Wow. Um, I'm like trying to get back to where we were. Always reforming. Always reforming. Right, from within. You know, it's like funny you mentioned it because Luther's goal was to reform the Roman Catholic Church. That's right. Not to leave it. That's right. And I remember we, we talked about this uh, under Dr. DeVore about how the uh, he had certain followers of his that were going into Roman Catholic buildings and burning the art. And he wrote an essay, I believe it's the one that's against against the pagans. Hmm. And it was basically against the people who were following his 95 thesis, but he was criticizing them for going into the churches and burning the art. Okay. And calling them out and saying that like his goal is never to leave the church, but to reform it. Hmm. So, yeah, that it, it's an interesting thing to me to look at because I feel like we're so divided now. That, True. That even the the idea that he was just wanting to reform it to most people seems crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet he didn't get his day to actually present his views to anybody legitimate to actually mm-hmm. fight for his rights or his rights, <laughs> his <laughs> beliefs. Yeah. But it caused a split. What's interesting to me is I I feel like, and this may get me in trouble for what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it, right? Got to be a little controversial. So I feel like historically the church has tried to reform itself closer to Christ and closer to the gospel. But today I feel like modern church, at least in the West, maybe specifically in America, the American church, I feel like is trying to conform not necessarily to the gospel or to Christ, but to political agendas Mm -hmm. or to like what is like the newest thing in culture like that's what they're trying to conform to yeah instead of conforming to christ and the gospel and so it's interesting obviously like us living in america i feel like whenever i see people trying to like reform or change the church it's always like with some sort of agenda behind it of like oh there's this cultural movement that we need to like get behind (laughs) or there's this political stance that we need to like speak out against and it's like the church needs to conform and change and it's like well aren't we supposed to conform to Christ and the gospel, not to like a political stance? Yeah. It's very interesting. And I feel like historically the church, I mean, obviously the church isn't separate from culture. It's within cultures. So the church is always engaged with culture, but I just feel like anytime I see like someone speak out on an issue today of like church needs to change, the church needs to reform this. It's always tied to like something political or like cultural that, doesn't really fit with the gospel to me that feels so true yeah that feels on both sides of the political aisle here in the states Mm -hmm. that feels super true yeah whichever like whatever political stance you have i mean everyone i feel like is doing that like i feel like i know christians who will defend the second amendment oh yeah using scripture right like i'm pro second amendment but there is no defense in scripture to defend it right it's like the it's so easy now to like take a verse or a passage and be like, see, this is why politically we need to like have this stance. Yeah. It's like scripture isn't always clear on that. I do think scripture is clear on certain things like politically or culturally, yeah. but to try to do that for like every single like agenda or movement, I think it, it just misses like the gospel. It comes back to what you and I have always called can lead to faulty theology yep. or heresy. Faulty theology. And... That is Christ plus. Mm-hmm. So Christ plus my gun rights. Right. 
or Christ plus racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying either of those things are wrong. I'm using both of those as an example because, one, I think it's pretty easy for anybody who listens to us talk to agree that Christ plus your Second Amendment rights doesn't make sense. Right. Somebody might have issues with me saying Christ plus reconciliation isn't a thing, but let me get to the point of that. Um, Christ plus your Second Amendment rights, you could argue that God does want us to defend the defenseless. And we live in a world in which weapons are used to hurt each other, Mm -hmm. but those who have weapons also help defend. Right. And our media doesn't like to talk about that, but that does happen, right? And so... The gospel is central. Take away my guns, I don't care. I'm still a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. But, so there's no plus, but you can say that having the, you know, the handgun that, you know, takes care of somebody who's hurting other people isn't wrong. It's like mm-hmm. there was that shooting in Texas at a church, mm-hmm. and it ended up being a guy who got in his truck and went after the shooter and, and caught him mm-hmm. for the cops. But nobody liked to talk about that because he was a gun-toting Second Amendment Christian, right? So the same issue that I run into with, like, racial reconciliation stuff is it usually becomes, like, if you're a Christian, then your view of racial reconciliation has to be the progressive view of reparations and things like that. Mm -hmm. But that's not scripturally based, Mm -hmm. nor do I think it's even humane Hmm. at all. Yeah. So it gets it gets a little complicated, but I feel like it does become a Christ plus where it's like, oh, if you're a Christian, you have to do this, this, and this, and that, and the other. Right. Which then really becomes just Christ plus works. Yeah. Well, and it's the same as well with, you know, Christ plus our rights, so women's rights, or yeah. Christ plus LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, ultimately you take the gospel and then you try to add well also we have to have our rights or or also we have to advocate for what we think love really means in this country whatever the culture is affirming at the moment yeah and it's like to me that's not the church reforming to the gospel that's the church trying to add something to the gospel Mm -hmm. or frankly diverting from the gospel in some instances um and faulty theology it's funny how how some people would call that reforming the church right like you know, I have I have two clear. This is gonna be our most controversial episode yet. This is probably great. sorry everyone. I have, I have two <laughs> clear like examples of that, but um, I had a friend in college. Um, I'm not gonna name names. Wasn't at CCU, but he believed that the homosexuality of scripture was kind of a debauchery, um, orgy type thing going on, mm-hmm. and that's what Paul was. Pri- talking against that's what all of scripture when it mentions anything to do with homosexuality that's what it was really about yeah and so therefore a loving relationship between two men to women is perfectly acceptable within scripture which we see that's clearly not true mm-hmm. and i've i've struggled talking to friends about this because it feels like so many christians have made this such a hard conversation yeah because they are so hard on that particular sin right um that the most recent time that it came up with a family member, I wanted to make it very clear that all sexual impurity outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sin mm-hmm. in scripture. And so it's not to just pinpoint like one people group and get on them. And I've had Christian friends. I had a friend who's like slept around like five or six times. Mm-hmm. They met a gay guy who called himself a Christian and they like lit into this guy in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we're crit- and like later criticizing the person and like how could he like believe this and that and the other and I was like you know you are a Christian but you have also shared with me that like just two days ago you were sleeping with someone who you're not married to hmm. and so it's funny how we get very hard on sins that we can't understand right but it's interesting that this other friend trying to reform the church is hmm. trying to say that oh well our culture today dictates a different attitude towards homosexuality and therefore we need to interpret scripture in light of that right so that's one yeah yeah i I like what you said at the end like interpreting scripture in light of something so like if something is popular in the culture now we need to read scripture through that lens yeah you know i obviously brought up women's rights and Mm. lgbtq rights and you brought up second amendment but it's like all right these are the categories in which the gospel must fit into it and i think it's reversed i think it should be all right, this is the gospel, and how do these things fit within the gospel? Yeah. Not, oh, my Second Amendment rights are what are important, or my women's rights are what is important. How can Christ like work for me in that yeah. instance, or how can the gospel conform to that? And I just think it's backwards. That's not really reforming to me. There's like a funny inconsistency here, <laughs> because most of the topics that we're going to bring up are very American topics, Yeah, and yet... It's, it's funny to me that those on a more progressive end of politics, which, by the way, I don't have a stance, but those on a more progressive end of politics talk about how America's not supposed to police the world, hmm. but these are the same people who are forcing women's rights on Eastern countries huh. and trying to implement those ideas there. Hmm. Um, I was listening to a sermon. I believe it's by Vadi Bakum. It might not have been. But he, he talked about with racial reconciliation stuff, and how, like, I guess you could say the far left in politics today criminalizes anybody who's white. Hmm. And he was like, that is being exported by certain people groups in the church to Africa. Oh, wow. And he's like, and that is so dangerous mm-hmm. in their country because they didn't experience slavery the way black people did here in America. Hmm. And what black people experience here is, Agrocious. It's terrible. It's the most disgusting thing I think it's ever happened to humans. And I think that we should constantly be repenting and um, seeking God's name and seeking reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But I think you do it in a Christian way and not, uh, not you know, we want to do it in such a cultural way. Mm-hmm. We want to always do things by what makes us feel good, you right. know, and not by what's right. And that's what's interesting to me. Um Another one that like has come up, I might be going off topic in Lost where I was, but another another one that's come up mm-hmm. for me recently was abortion. Yeah, my uh, one of my coworkers has a friend, and this friend told told them that uh, she's pro-abortion because babies come from heaven, and so when they're aborted, they just get to go back to Jesus. Hmm. And so she was like, she's a Christian who is affirming abortion on the basis of they get to go home to Jesus. And my, we were talking about this, and we were like, this isn't biblical. This isn't scriptural. Like, hmm. Adam's soul did not exist prior to God breathing it into him. It wasn't, like, waiting somewhere for God to place it in him. And so we were talking about, do we affirm that a baby gains its spirit at conception? And we were like, yeah, that's, that's when it happens. Huh. Um, I'm sure people could hmm. argue circles around that. But here's the sure. thing. Scripture is very clear that God was against killing children. Yeah. And Jesus protected children himself when his disciples were trying to run him away. He was like, why would you run children away? 
mm-hmm. and was like anybody who would mislead a child, anybody who would hurt a child, it'd be better for him to have, uh, I don't remember what he's called, but he tie something around their neck. Yeah, like to, a stone or something tied yeah, around their neck and, and be thrown, thrown in the ocean. Yeah. So I don't understand how some Christians, in a tip to reform, mm-hmm. would take something that's anti-biblical hmm. and try to twist scripture to fit their view. Right. But it's like you just said, Christ plus. Yeah. And, you know, we're obviously speaking kind of on a big scale. Yeah. But... It's enough where it catches our attention. I mean, there's enough Christians, so-called Christians, that are advocating for these things where, to me, it is alarming, like what you're saying. Like, I've heard arguments from Christians where, well, abortion isn't about pro-life. Like, that's not the conversation. It is about women's rights. And, like, that's all it's about. And they try to take, like, the topic of abortion and say, well, actually, this is a good thing because it's promoting, like, the rights of women's and their bodies. And they try to, like, reform it in a positive light. And I'm like, what? <laughs> are, are we looking at the same, like, thing right now? Are we talking about the same conversation? So, yeah, it's always, I think it's always difficult when there's a hot-button topic or issue and we try to make the gospel conform to it or make scripture like fit that topic instead of the other way around where we should be rooted in the gospel, rooted in Christ, rooted in what scripture professes as truth. And then whatever issue comes up that should be dealt with in light of what we're rooted in. And I feel like so many people are rooted in their rights and rooted in, you know, what they've been taught by the media or the culture or, you know, celebrities or whatever. And that's what they end up promoting. And it's, It's interesting. Um, I'm trying to remember when it was. I think it was last week or something. I I was talking to a gentleman from my church, and we were kind of talking about this idea of, like, our rights. I hear that all the time. I don't know if you do, but I hear it all the time, like, my rights. And he was saying, and I thought it was so profound, he's like, well, my rights died at the cross. Mm. He's like... It's not about my rights. Like I put, I put my rights at the cross. Like the old man is is put to death. It's been crucified with Christ. And I feel like that's such a huge element of the gospel is that our former life, our former rights, those have been crucified with Christ. And now it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives that's in me. And it's it's what Christ desires. It's His rights. It's Christ's will. It's God's plan for our lives, God's desires, not our own. But yet so many Christians, I feel like they haven't crucified those rights. They haven't put those to death. They're still holding on to the things of the world or their desires and not what God is wanting. And yeah, when he said that, I was like, wow. You know, like it's pretty he, profound. Yeah, he's like I crucified my rights like at the cross. <laughs> like I feel like we should I, have like a a deep episode on just that that idea yeah like when scripture talks about that we participate in christ's death and we're buried with christ and we also are resurrected with him like our whole lives is conformed to christ and so we like i i just mentioned our old life our old man is put to death so that includes oh so for instance let's take second amendment because that was one that got brought up Say, like, I'm just crazy Second Amendment, like, guns are everything, like, this is what matters. Well, 
if there's an instance where like the gospel takes priority over second amendments, mm-hmm. like which am I choosing? Which one am I crucifying and like putting to death and, and allowing the other one to take precedence? Good. You know? Yeah. Like is Christ's will for my life what matters or is it nope second amendment and hopefully the gospel like fits with it yeah you know it's like the only right i can think of like the that is a human right regardless of what anybody says is the first amendment Hmm. right to freedom of speech Hmm. and that's one where i might give some pushback on his view that you're right to die with christ because although in a sense i totally even then like even no, free, even freedom of speech because I'll push back against no, your pushback. Even freedom of speech, right? Uh, what passage is it when Christ talks about what defiles someone is from within? Oh, and even power of the tongue in James three. Like, yeah. do I really have freedom of speech? Can I really say anything I want to if I follow Christ? Like, that's kind of my Dang, pushback. That's good. Like, can I really like just spew anything out of my I mean, mouth if I'm an image bearer? My and pushback on that Christ? has to Ooh, do another pushback. That, like, we want to evangelize. Sure. And we live in a country, especially, that's more and more towards hate, towards anything Christians have to say. Sure. If this episode, if this podcast was actually worth anything, if we were actually making money on this right now, mm-hmm. and we would lose all our sponsors, <laughs> right they'd put us off because I said abortion's wrong and homosexuality's wrong and all this stuff. They'd be like, yeah. you no longer have the right to talk about this stuff. So that's my only pushback on there is that Christian ideas, moral values that are taught by scripture are considered wicked evil in our nation right now. So that's my only pushback. Otherwise... But what's the pushback, though, that you're trying to say? Well, what what I agree with what you're saying is that as a Christian, you don't have the right to say whatever you want. And there are certain words and things we shouldn't use, and there's ways that we shouldn't talk about people because Mm -hmm. it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we don't believe in our First Amendment right, then even our right to talk about the gospel or God's ideas or to say, look, abortion's wrong is going to turn into like, you know, a restriction of our right here. Does that make sense? Interesting. So like, yeah. yes, like I agree with you, like our rights died with Christ and we live for him and everything we say is dictated by his word and who he is. Right. But if our country gets to a point where we're no longer even allowed to advocate for his word anymore, mm-hmm. then, then I think there's a problem. I see what you're saying. So, in, so, so yeah. like, I actually agree 100% with you. Mm-hmm. And then I just add to it that I don't think your First Amendment rights are required in the gospel. Hmm. But I would say our ability to do to defend or, you know, advocate for what God's Word says and defend lives mm-hmm. when we're talking about abortion is something that's unique to the states because in other countries right. you really can't. No, I agree. You know? so, I agree. And so that we should yeah. want. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I definitely think we should want to uphold the First Amendment. I love this, though. Yeah, I love this, too. And I think you're <laughs> right, though. I think there is a movement to, like, censor or limit Christian ideals and yeah. Christian morals. You people put this speak thought in my head now about <laughs> rights with Christ, and I'm, like, trying to think of other amendments well, and I've rights just been, or things recall rights, and it's like, whoa. I've just been thinking about it ever since he said that because it's like, well, yeah. Like, if my rights go against something the gospel says— then can I, as a Christian, still like hold on to those things of the flesh? You know another? Because I say this because <laughs> we talk about LGBTQ rights and women's yeah. rights, and like I do think Christians in those camps that advocate for those things, I do think 
that they, in their heart, are advocating for the right thing. I yeah. think they think that yeah, they're doing the right definitely. thing. But, like we've talked about, I think there are just blatant passages in Scripture that go against certain issues or certain hot top, mm. like hot button topics that we've talked about, like abortion. And so when a Christian says, oh, like, abortion's okay because the child gets to go to heaven or whatever. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's a very earthy right that yeah. you're promoting and not really a gospel or Christ-centered right. Here's another so it's like that that <laughs> right of like abortion's okay, like that needs to be put to death Yeah, in my mind. And brought in, yeah, exactly, where it's your rights, like you said, died with Christ mm-hmm. and you raised a life in him. Mm-hmm. So your concept of women's rights equaling abortion mm-hmm. is sinful. It mm. should be brought under the ring of Christ. Right. You know, another interesting, people lately bring up the right to health. Yeah. And I feel like in some sense, there is a movement in the church. Well, we know we're going there. Like universal Who does believe in a right for health? No, yeah. like the the overly charismatic movements in the church uh, that we've talked about in our health, Theology of Health episode. Oh, yeah. You know, that it's like God desires to heal you all the time without, yeah, right. you know, excuses. That's a very American concept. Right. In fact, I think it's John Piper who like had a video where he was like wanting to destroy that concept from going to other countries because we mm. export it from here. Mm. And it comes back to most of the refer- reforming that mm-hmm. people are trying to do in the States are American cultural concepts mm. that we are trying to push theology into and mm-hmm. force the scriptures to bend with and we export those to other countries. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous in other countries because they don't have the same cultural values. Like I think the gospel is culturally transcendent. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the gospel is good news no matter what culture you're in, and I don't right. believe that there is only one way to practice the gospel even. Mm. I believe as long as the essentials are there, mm-hmm. then practice is, there's charity in it, right? And I think the issue is when missionaries try to force their ideas on other people, that's when you see problems. And so, like, there's issues, um, I can't, it's in the Cote d'Ar, I don't even know how to say it. It's a little, like, city off of the like i think it's the west coast of africa i'm probably butchering this like crazy right now but they have a huge presence of the prosperity gospel there and there was actually a couple from our church that just got sent there okay we just sent them to this place and and they talked to the church about how the presence of the prosperity gospel there has people constantly seeking good for themselves right um but there's actually dis there's actually racial disunity right, right there right now and it, it has nothing to do with skin color mm-hmm. even though i said race it's, it's an ethnicity thing i guess more but it's two different tribes that are in this place that can't get along with one another they mm-hmm. hate each other and the prosperity gospel has become prevalent in one of the tribes but not reconciliation mm-hmm. and so this couple that's going down there is trying to help bring about mm-hmm. like christians who believe in the gospel and thus see in the gospel a need for reconciliation but not a need for reparations Hmm. right so i think that's a big deal we could talk about that more too but i think that we export so i guess like (laughs) do you want to keep going no go for it because i was going to say you mentioned like in one of our past episodes about the notion that God desires that everyone be healed. And we kind of yeah. talk about that. And I had a good friend of mine listen to that episode and he commented, he's like, what about the instances where like you're in the hospital and an unbeliever, you know, atheist or anyone, you know, doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in Christ, 
receives healing, right? They have a mm-hmm. disease, they receive healing. And then two doors down, devout Catholic or devout like believer in Christ doesn't receive healing and like has their disease or like dies from their disease. Yeah. Like how do we reconcile that notion? Similar to like what we're talking yeah. about. Like, cause we talk about like Christ desires everyone to be healed. And often I feel like we kind of see that in the category of, oh, well everyone within the church or like all believers like even unbelievers like receive healing and like yeah i want to scripture they do and scripture they do like the lepers yeah the 10 lepers were only one of them really comes back but all, to 10 say anything, were healed. but all 10 were healed and so it's like it just gets interesting with prosperity wealth health all these things when we start making these claims and like you're saying exporting these ideas to other countries when it's like well we look at our world and it doesn't seem to correspond to yeah. like what we're saying it's like how how does that work then like, like what's happening? I guess that you could kind of say, if you are currently backing a reforming idea, if you will, mm-hmm. on some cultural concept, or even you may not even realize it's a cultural concept, you should look, if, if there's something that you're a Christian that and you've been talking a lot about lately and wanting the church to do, you should look at your cultural context and say, would this matter in another country? Hmm. And if it wouldn't, you may not actually be reforming you may actually be maybe even deforming Hmm. the church and Hmm. what the gospel's about and bringing disunity Hmm. to the church Hmm. i just want to affirm like as we close out here because we have talked a lot about a stuff a lot of stuff yeah like ej and i are both very pro women's rights we are and like guys the christian ideals even uh, jewish ideals before jesus came were the most freeing of women in their cultural context hmm. and the rights that women have been given women have been given in the united states grow greatly from judeo-christian values mm-hmm. so we affirm women's rights to equal pay you know to serve and lead in the church all those things yeah. what we're saying is that abortion is not one of those rights right it is not a women's right mm-hmm. um and then we would rec- we would say the re- racial reconciliation is insanely important. Yep. Um, and Paul called uh, the there was the barbarians and what was the other group? Ah, oh, man, I'm always bad at this, but he called them. Yeah, to, barbarians, Gentiles. I don't know. To be yeah, to Something, be reconciled. I, I know what you're talking he, about. He's always calling the Jews and Gentiles to be Jews, reconciled Gentiles, to one another, to love one another. Yeah. You know, and there was never a call of like, oh, you committed this sin against this group, or your ancestors did, if you take the United States. And so you owe this group something. Paul's like, no, you've both died and been raised together in Christ. You are a new creation. And mm-hmm. so live in light of the new creation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. And when we try to go outside of that, that's that's when things get crazy. But right. yeah, we would affirm both of those things. That's right. We're saying that they're being misused to mm-hmm. reform. So Right. And I think, yeah. yeah, to just summarize as well, like what you said, like these difficult, like controversial topics, like they matter. And they are important. And we do want to affirm, like you're saying, like rights of people and affirm like what is good and holy and just. But often what happens is these rights get taken. And then instead of like Christ being the center or the gospel being the center and these rights conforming to that, I feel like often it, it gets taken and then agendas get involved and different policies or whatever get involved that sometimes take away Christ's work or go away from like what the gospel is saying. Yeah. And I think like I've mentioned that we need to reorganize like our priorities 
And, but yeah, exactly what you said. Like we affirm women's rights and we affirm like these things are good to, to be talking about and discussing and we do want reform, but how that's coming about, I think is what matters and, and what is at the center Yeah, is what should, should matter. I guess the heart of it is when we're talking about always reforming, mm-hmm. the reforming should be exactly what Luther was seeking for the church to go back to the gospel. That's right. Not add to it. That's right. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Captain Thoughts. We hope you enjoyed it. Got a little more off the cuff. We started with Church Fathers, but we ended up <laughs> controversial as ever. We spent like one minute on church history and then kind of got on some uh, some really controversial things. But, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully um, the listeners, you guys are better for it. Yeah. Hey, drop us a comment. What do you think? Um, if the church is always reforming, what is that supposed to look like? And what are some other places that you see the church or people in the church trying to so-called reform Mm -hmm. that are cultural ideas? Yeah. Either states or otherwise. So we'd love to hear about those and to to discuss them with you. Yeah. As always, we appreciate your support. And yeah, let us know what you thought.